Twas the night before Sheena's, and all through the jungle room. All the DJs were stirring, making their cocktails go kaboom. The LP bags were hung by the chimney with care, in the hopes that Mr. Fab soon would be there. The crew were all lit, decked out in their best threads, with a band keeping beat on those boss new drumheads. Shangri-La's got a kooky sweater and Barno's sporting a hat, while Jan Turkenberg has the dance moves down pat. When out on the turntables, Chris O. spun a platter. We all sprung to our feet and danced like mad hatters. Then in through the door with a significant flash, flew in Don Bowles with a huge LP stash. Rich in Washington added another hour to his show with a holiday double feature programmed by Don O. When, what to our Hepcat eyeballs should appear? But an overdressed Mr. Fab, with all the other DJs, never fear. On the dance floor he was so lively and quick, as we all grooved and frugged to surf songs so slick. It seemed like the tunes all had obscure fame, yet every single one of us knew them all by name. Everybody brought food, there were plenty of fixins, and when it came to drinks, we were all nearly six in, to the top of the porch, and all through the halls, our DJs were always heard by one and all. Alex Kish and Julie, with Mike Rogers himself. I see Space Brother flipping through records on that shelf. Jamie Jazz and Catherine Sage, both shaking their heads at the terrible pun that I, for some reason, just said. Hysterica just got here, but they seem to fit right in. And we're laughing at the choices by DJ Kratoven. Georgie Girl is the peak of fashion and style. And Derek showed up with another record pile. John Nelson and Mark Time are both learning to twerk, while Miss May and Flannery chat in the kitchen and lurk. Sarcophagi and Daryl both like to pose, while Speedo and John P. trade DJ tips like old pros. DJ Babs and M.H. Lee both began to whistle, and you know we all got the It's All Night epistle. We heard Mr. Fab exclaim, quite loud and quite bright, this year we dance to Sheena's all day and all night. From everyone here in the Mid-Valley, those stationed in the Lava Lamp Lounge itself, the production crew here at Dime Store Radio Theatre and Mid-Valley Mutations, and all the volunteers at Sheena's Jungle Room, we wish you a sappy Hollandaise, and plenty of new music throughout the coming year. Now, time to get my freak on. Latest skaters. Nightmare machine 
Items worth more than cameras. Luddite. The night air so fresh and clean. Cruising in our nightmare machine. Big beat of the city life. Like dancing all night on the edge of a knife. Out of place and out of time Running down alleys to avoid the data mines Working on a contact for another big score Hoping this'll pay just a little bit more Those zoos is closed and we're tired of the gore Almost out of gas and there's bodies out the door Hard to make a living when everybody is poor Running in the fringes while the corporations soar Meanwhile... Man reached the New World perhaps as long ago as 50,000 B.C. In the slow motion of geologic time, This was only yesterday. And yet, of the countless generations that lived and died before Columbus,
almost nothing is known. part of the past. It's Made Valley. The dark, unfathomed retrospect of which Walt Whitman said. The making of a nation. Mutations. So you don't have to. Welcome to another exciting edition of Mid-Valley Mutations, where I had to kind of open up the show with a couple of new things before I could dive into the, 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 the cut-ups proper. And uh, uh, right now you are hearing a little bit of S. Hasek, uh, which uh, I believe uh, was a follow-up project to Onomatopoeia, uh, a, uh, a, a weird kind of uh, a psychedelic uh, jam electronic band uh, in the 90s in Eugene. Um, I, I did one of those things where I played a onomatopoeia song on my show, and then uh, the gents from the band sent me a, a huge care package with a T-shirt and the uh, CDs and uh, all, all sorts of fun stuff, uh, um, and 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 it was very sweet of them, and I and I appreciated it. Uh, let's see, we, we got a pretty good uh, chat going right now. Uh, Chris O, who just did a, a fantastic wiggle room. Uh, uh, they were wiggling it um, uh, just a little bit. Uh, and uh, playing a lot of new stuff, which I like. Uh, because uh, I can get bogged down in that uh, old-timey stuff and all the old records that I love and all this garbage that I'm just super fond of. But uh, when it gets down to brass tacks, I need a little uh, nudge in the new direction uh, now and then. And um, it's nice to uh, uh, get that from uh, some other DJs. Mr. Fab, Cat uh, in Chicago. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Hyperdose. Uh, pass it on the left-hand side, if you don't mind. Scott67, uh, always a pleasure to have you in the chat, sir. Um, good luck uh, uh, drinking your way through isolation. Um, uh, Charles uh, and uh, Ramen City Kid, who just uh, popped in here uh, near the end. Oh, and Wenzo, there you go. How's it going, Wenzo? <clears throat> it's a full house. There might even be some lurkers out there. Well, uh, uh, you know, uh, every once in a while, um, you find yourself uh, in this strange modern life uh, that we all live in where we're uh, scamming each other to try to make it from day to day. Uh, and we kind of wonder, uh, how did the, we get here? What happened? Maybe today's show will help answer uh, some of that. 
or maybe it'll just meditate on the concept and uh, turn off after two hours because that's how we roll sometimes. <laughs> nice to know that you're lurking there, H. Uh, always a pleasure to have you around as well. You don't need to chat, uh, but the, the, the chat is fun. We enjoy ourselves. Anyway, let's uh, dive into this one because uh, uh, it, it, I don't want to go too much over my usual amount. It's Mid-Valley Mutations, uh, and uh, it goes a little like this. Mid-Valley. The making of the nation. Mutations. Singing my days. Singing the great achievements of the present. Yet first to sound and ever sound. The cry with thee, O soul, the past. The past, the past, the past. The dark, unfathomed retrospect. The teeming gulf. The sleepers and the shadows. The past. The infinite greatness of the past. What is the present, after all? But a growth out of the past. It was sunrise. A pelican flew past the Santa Maria. According to the reckoning which Columbus secretly made, The tiny squadron of three Spanish ships was some 2,100 miles west of the last landfall. A week more,
and the course of history was changed. According to Columbus, this is what happened on October 12, 1492. This land was first sighted by a sailor called Rodrigo de Triana. It was, however, so obscure. That he would not affirm that it was land. Two hours after midnight. Land appeared. At a distance of about two leagues. They took in all sail, remaining with the mainsail. And kept jogging. Waiting for day. Friday. On which they reached a small island. The Admiral called the others. said that they should bear witness and testimony how he, before them all, took possession of the island as in fact he did. King and the Queen, his sovereigns. Columbus and the explorers who followed him penetrated much of what is now the United States.
It was not until December 1606. that over a hundred Englishmen crowded into three small ships to settle at Jamestown. In what was called Virginia. Hopefully, Earth's only paradise. But Jamestown was no earthly paradise. A year after its founding, only 38 of the original 104 were still alive. One survivor was Captain John Smith. Soldier of Fortune, historian, explorer, master of miraculous escapes. favorite of the ladies of many nations. Smith was also coldly practical. He pleaded with England for a new kind of settler when he wrote, It is therefore resolved that no unnecessary person shall now be accepted. But only such sufficient honest and good artisans as Smiths Shipwrights, sturgeon dressers, joiners, turners, coopers, salt makers, iron men for furnace and hammer, brick makers, mineral men, Gun founders, plowrights, brewers, sawyers, fowlers, vine dressers, 
surgeons and physicians for the body, and learned divines to instruct the colony and to teach the infidels to worship the true God. Captain John Smith was a hard-headed man. But he was also a visionary. Who expressed the hopes of the immigrants with eloquence when he said, Who can desire more contempt? Than to tread and plant that ground he hath purchased by the hazard of his life. If he have but a taste of virtue and magnanimity, To such a mind can be more pleasant than planting and building a foundation for his posterity. Got from the rude earth by God's blessing and his own industry. without prejudice to any. If he have any grain of faith or zeal in religion, what can he do less hurtful to any? Or more agreeable to God? and to seek to convert those poor savages to know Christ and humanity. What so truly suits with honor and honesty as the discovering things unknown? erecting towns, peopling countries, informing the ignorant, 
It's Mid Valley reforming things unjust, teaching virtue, the making of a nation, mutations. Not a very good one, mind you, but it's the one we have. And it's just me popping in here to say hello and uh, mention that we've been listening to a little bit of uh, Chambers by the Nova Scotian Arms. I mean, let's just get back into it, really. It's Mid-Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room, and we're feeling kind of groovy tonight. Valley. The making of a nation. Mutations. Visions there were. But there was anguish too among the pilgrims before they decided to immigrate to New England. Governor Bradford later wrote. The place they had thoughts on was some of these vast and unpeopled countries of America. There they should be liable to famine and nakedness and the want of all things. The change of air, diet and drinking of water would infect their bodies with sore sicknesses and grievous diseases. And also, those which should escape or overcome these difficulties should yet be in continual danger of the savage people, who are cruel, barbarous, and most treacherous. All great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and must be both enterprised and overcome with answerable courages. Despite the frustrations and sacrifices that marked the first outposts at Jamestown and Plymouth, Englishmen came to America in increasing numbers. Sir Walter Raleigh had said they came to seek new worlds for gold, for praise, for glory. But there were other, more compelling reasons. The 
many discontents with life at home were listed in the general considerations for the plantation in New England. A compilation of the pros and cons of migration. is the Lord's garden. And he hath given it to the sons of Adam to be tilled and improved by them. Why then should we stand starving here for places of habitation? And in the meantime suffer whole countries as profitable for the use of man. To lie waste without any improvement. The same Puritan leaders were also moved by vision of a new Zion. Where their people could worship God in their own way. the churches of Europe are brought to desolation. And it may be justly feared that the like judgment is coming upon us. And who knows but God has provided this place to be a refuge for many. Whom he means to save out of the general destruction. Legend has cast all Puritans in the same austere mold. Yet the gentler emotions persisted. Here is Anne Bradstreet's poem to her young husband, a Puritan official, in the middle years of the 17th century. Ever two were one, then surely we.
if ever man were loved by wife, then thee. If ever wife was happy in a man, compare with me, ye women, if you can. Thy love is such, I can no way repay. The heavens reward thee manifold, I pray. Then while we live, in love let's so persever, that when we live no more, apart from Anne Bradstreet's love poems in Emotion and Outlook and 100 Years Later in Time, an indentured servant wrote to her father in England these painful words. September 22nd, 1756. Honored Father, my being forever banished from your sight Will I hope pardon the boldness I now take of troubling you? Oh dear father, believe what I am going to relate. The words of truth and sincerity. And balance my former bad conduct my sufferings here and then I'm sure you'll pity your distressed daughter. What we unfortunate English people suffer here beyond the probability of you in England to conceive. Let it suffice that I, one of the unhappy number, am toiling almost day and night 
and very often in the horse's druggery. With only this comfort. That you bitch you do not half enough. And then tied up and whipped. To that degree you'd not serve an animal. American education was a Puritan innovation. And it was the Puritan's desire for learning, which led to the enactment of laws for compulsory public education, beginning with the young. In Adam's fall, we sin it all. Thy life to men is look at him. The idle fool. Is whipped at school. Zacchaeus, he declined a tree his Lord to the Puritan child memorized sentences to guide his conduct. Good children must fear God all day. Parents obey. say I know sins say love Christ always in secret pray my little play Delay in doing good. 
Early settlers were never quite sure about the Indians. The Indians were often generous, frequently hospitable and friendly, yet they were cruel and cunning and dearly loved merciless war. Mary Rowlandson, the young wife of a Massachusetts settler, gives her account of how she was captured by the Indians. They came and beset our own house. And quickly it was the dolefulest day that ever mine eyes saw. Some in our house were fighting for their lives. Others wallowing in their blood. The house on fire over our heads. Bloody heathen ready to knock us on the head if we stirred out. But out we must go. The fire increasing and coming along behind us roaring. And the Indians gaping before us with their guns, spears and hatchets to devour us. Thirty-seven persons who were in this one house. None escaped either present death or a bitter captivity. Save only one who might say as he, Job, and I only am escaped to tell the news. It's Mid-Valley, the making of a nation, mutations, the slanted entirely in one direction version. This is your friendly neighborhood host, 
popping in here a little to say hello. And that I'm loving the with Nil and I chat that's going on. Thanks for joining us, Jeff Yu. Uh, always a pleasure to have you uh, around. And we're getting into one of my favorite Goodwill records that I found as a younger man, this Tangerine Dream, which, you know, I had heard that name and I was like, this is a silly name for a band and here is a silly album cover. I'm gonna buy this silly record for a dollar and it's gonna be ridiculous. And I ended up loving it, so. What you gonna do? Yeah, it's uh, Mid Valley Mutations. We're getting a little uh, meditative here. You know, we, we kind of kicked things off uh, wondering about uh, this strange, weird future that we've found ourselves in. And uh, now we're considering the past. And maybe we should just get back into it as well. It's one of those uh, kind of meditative nights where maybe I don't have as much to say as I once thought I did. Except to say thank you for listening. And it's always a pleasure to hang out and enjoy some music with you. Things are going to get peppier here in this hour too. Uh, just you wait. It's Sheena's Jungle Room, and we're rumbling and jungling all night long. Making of a nation. Mutations. Sometimes, however, the voice of reason was heard. William Penn addressed the following letter to the Indians.
would have you well observe that I am very sensible of the unkindness and injustice that hath been too much exercised toward you by the people of these parts of the world who sought themselves and to make great advantages by you. I am not such a man. As is well known in my own country, I have great love and regard towards you. And I desire to win and gain your love and friendship. By a kind, just, and peaceable life. Religion was often a matter of life or death, tolerance or exile. In the 1730s, a hellfire and brimstone fervor called the Great Awakening swept the colonies from Maine to Georgia. Jonathan Edwards, one of its chief spokesmen, said, The God that holds you over the pit of hell Much as one holds a spider some loathsome insect over the fire abhors and is dreadfully provoked his wrath towards you burns like fire He is of purer eyes than to bear to have you in his sight. You are 10,000 times more abominable in his eyes than the most hateful venomous serpent is in ours. You have offended him infinitely more than ever a stubborn rebel did his prince. And yet, it is nothing but his hand that 
that holds you from falling into the fire every moment. The soil it is fertile as I have been told The climate's so warm that you need not fear cold The wealthy and great do their honor I say Will all the expense of your passage defray? All you that want business and willing to go They'll find you utensils, scythe, mattock and hoe A pickaxe and shovel, a basket and spade And all things convenient for every trade Though you are but journeyman artisans here You'll all become masters as soon as you're there. As the 18th century wore on, the colonial subjects of George III were very different from those who had planted Virginia and Plymouth. Paradoxically, Britain granted the American colonies home rule. Then kept them from exercising it. Britain demanded loyalty of the colonists, yet mistrusted them. She considered colonists English citizens, but denied them many basic rights. With issues sharpened, Americans became more outspoken in opposition. Brave Americans all.
and rouse your bold heart at fair liberty's call. No tyrannous act shall suppress your just claim. Or stain with dishonor America's name. Americans all, by uniting we stand, by dividing we fall, in so righteous a cause that we hope to succeed, for heaven approves of each generous deed. To die we can bear, but to serve we disdain. For shame is to free men more dreadful than pain.
to go home. The Stamp Act of 1765 angered the colonists and the uproar reached Parliament itself. Charles Townsend spoke in favor of the act, concluding, And now will these Americans Children planted by our care. Nourished up by our indulgence. And protected by our arms. Will they grudge to contribute their might? It's Mid Valley to relieve us from the heavy weight of that burden which we lie under. 
the making of a nation. Mutations. AKA, white guys always be creeping. We are solidly into hour two now. I, 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 I think I have to admit I'm, I'm going to go a little over. But fortunately, there's uh, nobody uh, on after me. Though someday I should probably learn how to rein it in. Either that or, or actually commit to a third hour. We'll see. See, the problem is I feel like I always have just a little over two hours to, to offer. Not quite three hours, just, just a little over two hours. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution is to like actually, uh, 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 as they say, uh, 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 you know, spit or get off the pot. I always think about that energy crisis blues song when I'm, I'm, I'm it's in, it's the morning and I'm trying to make coffee. I've got the energy crisis blues. How do I do this? Sooner or later you figure out how to make coffee and it all, it all works out again. But and, and things have gotten a lot better now that I've moved to the French press where that's really like a, a, the simplest coffee operation in the morning, you know, like you can really just um, uh, uh, get that thing going pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I love when I, I, I make these kinds of discoveries. Uh, signs of exquisite pleasure, uh, I, I guess uh, there was a lot of recordings that were made in the 80s. Some tapes were made in the 80s as well. Uh, distributed, uh, uh, self-released, uh, and, and then uh, some reissue efforts have been going on lately. Uh, I think a lot of people have been kind of looking to that uh, um, DIY electronic 80s uh, tape scene that was happening. Um, yeah, because a lot of these people were kind of newly exploring what synthesizers could do, and labels were not quite too keen on picking things up yet because they didn't really know if this was like a fad or what. And then a lot of it kind of straddled the line between this kind of um, easy listening, new age sort of vibe, but, 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 but wasn't exactly because it was, you know, they were doing this with synths and stuff. So I, I mean, it, it, and, and they get kind of weird and droney in, in ways that, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I believe now uh, that a lot of people are kind of looking to these old tape releases and doing a lot of reissuing that we're going to see kind of a renaissance of electronic music in this kind of more spacey vein. And I think we're going to see some people kind of give it a better, um, uh, uh, get it, get it, have it treated a little better than uh, it once was. Uh, because I think it was kind of ghettoized in a lot of ways because... New Age was really thrown around as a fairly derogatory term uh, my most of my life. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I find that uh, some of this uh, synthesizer-driven uh, spacey stuff is actually very beautiful and, and, and pretty and, and, and fun to listen to. And um, 
anyway, uh, I should probably uh, move on. But I did, I do enjoy uh, the, the direction our chat is going. Uh, we're talking about families, what it's like to be raised by hippies or whatnot. I guess you turn into a Sheena DJ if you're raised by the right hippies. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for indulging my uh, uh, Tuesday night uh, whims. And uh, let's see where the rest of this show takes us. It's Mid-Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room, where all the music weirdos like to hang out and uh, talk shop in the chat. You should join us. The making of a nation. Mutations. At this, Mr. Barret rose and challenged. Planted by your care and law. Your oppression has planted them in America. They fled from your tyranny. then uncultivated and unhospitable country. Nourished by your indulgence. They grew by your neglect of them. As soon as you began to care about them, that care was exercised in sending persons to rule over them. Buy out their liberty, to misrepresent their actions, protected by your arms, they have nobly taken up arms in your defense, have exerted a valor amidst their constant and laborious industry. For the defense of a country. And believe me, remember I this day told you so. That same spirit of freedom which actuated that people at first will accompany them still.
Can we seek out the exact moment when words yielded to bullets? It was not far off when Patrick Henry's ringing rhetoric was heard before the Virginia Convention, March 1775. retreat, but in submission and slavery, our chains are forged, their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston, the war is inevitable, and let it come. I repeat it, sir, let it come. It is vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet? has to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God! I, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty. before dawn, April 19th, 1775. In Lexington, the town bell tolled, signal guns boomed, and a band of Minutemen and militia stood Muskets in hand, lined up on the common. As six companies of redcoats appeared, someone shouted, I am 
my God, fire! peace to war was 32 miles long. From Boston to Concord and back. At Lexington, the British swept the Minutemen aside and pressed onward, seeking rebel leaders and hidden stores of arms. the Old North Bridge in Concord, the Minutemen held fast, then counterattacked. In the words of a farmer who fought in the battle, Major Buttrick said if we were all of his mind, he would drive them away from the bridge. He should not tear that up. We all said we would go. We then weren't loaded. We were all ordered to load at strict orders not to fire till they fired first. Then to fire as fast as we could. We then marched on too deep. Captain Davis had got, I believe, within 15 rods of the British. When they fired three guns, one after the other. I see the ball strike in the river on the right of me. As soon as they fired them, they fired on us. We then was all ordered to fire. fired too high. Captain Davis was killed. Mr. Osmore and a number wounded. We soon drove them from the bridge. 
the ordered retreat of the Redcoats became a rout. To the professional British soldiers, this was a humiliation. A British officer of the King's own regiment described the dismal return to Boston. We were fired on from all sides, but mostly from the rear. Where people had hid themselves in houses till we had passed. And then fired. The country was an amazing strong one. full of hills, woods, stone walls, etc. Which the rebels did not fail to take advantage of. We marched between nine and 10 miles. Their numbers increasing from all parts. while ours was reducing by deaths, wounds, and fatigue. And we were totally surrounded with such an incessant fire as it's impossible to conceive. Our ammunition was likewise near expended. Haven't I? 
I hope I shall die up to my knees in blood. Bunker Hill saw many Americans die a bloody death. But today, we can record music as it is, as you hear it, crisp and clear with every note as bright as the stars in the eyes of the girl you're dancing with. It's Mid-Valley. The making of a nation. Mutations. Feel free to adjust recipe to taste. He was in many ways a monster. Popping in here for a moment to say thanks to everyone in the chat and uh, thanks for listening tonight. We're having a lot of fun doing a weird long mix, and uh, it's always a nice opportunity to play a little Tim Maloney when you can. Another friend and gentleman who uh, I, I did an interview with Tim, and then I think I got a package from him not too much longer after that. Full of a bunch of music that Tim had made. Uh, and uh, and I think even a couple of DVDs of some movie things that he was involved with. Something. It was a pretty good package. There was a lot of stuff in there. So. Thank you, Tim. Now, let's get back to the music. It's Mid-Valley Mutations. Having a Tuesday night. Mid Valley. The making of a nation. Mutations.
The day after, Abigail Adams wrote to her husband, John Adams, in Philadelphia at the Continental Congress. Sunday, 18 June, 1775. Dearest friend, the day Perhaps the decisive day has come. On which the fate of America depends. My bursting heart must find vent at my head. Just heard that our dear friend Dr. Warren is no more. It fell gloriously fighting for his country. Saying, better to die honorably in the field. and ignominiously hang upon the gallows. Great is our loss. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. But the God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Charleston is laid in ashes. The battle began upon our entrenchments on Bunker Hill, Saturday morning about three o'clock. And has not ceased yet. And it is now three o'clock Saturday afternoon. Almighty God, cover the heads of our countrymen and be a shield to our dear friends. How many have fallen, we know not. The constant roar of cannon is so distressing that we cannot eat, drink, or sleep. I shall tarry here until it is thought unsafe by my friend. And then I have secured myself a retreat at your brother's, who has kindly offered me part of his house. I cannot compose myself to write any further at present. I will add more as I should could. Bunker Hill, General Gage, the British Commander-in-Chief, acknowledged the costly victory in a letter back to England. 
counted some success against the rebels. But attended with a long list of killed and wounded on our side, the loss we have sustained is greater than we can bear. Small armies can't afford such losses. Especially when the advantage gained tends to little more than the gaining of a post. A material one indeed. As our security depended on it. Congress convened in Philadelphia on May 10th, 1775. At John Adams' suggestion, Congress designated the forces around Boston a Continental Army. And named George Washington commanding general. Valley. The making of a nation. Mutations.
Mr. Brown Black Shoes. Tall black feet, Mr. Brown Black Shoes. later, Abigail Adams met the new commander-in-chief. She wrote her husband. I was struck with General Washington. You had prepared me to entertain a favorable opinion of him. I thought the half was not told me. Dignity with ease and complacency. The gentleman and soldier look agreeably blended in him. Modesty marks every line and feature of his face. Washington labored to build an army, but his greatest difficulty lay in inducing men to remain after their enlistment ran out. The sergeant reported. The drums beat for volunteers, but not a man turned out. General wheel his horse about. Rode in front of the regiment. And addressing us again, said, My brave fellows, 
unable to adjust to society. Do you think you have done all I asked you to do? Don't worry about it. We must go over this record many times. And more than could be reasonably expected. We know it all. We must go over this record. What your country is at stake. One time. We know it all. Your wives. Your houses. There's no telling what he'll do later. We've got to find some way. And all that you hold dear. Drums beat the second time. The soldiers felt the force of the appeal. One said to another, I will remain if you will. A few stepped forth. And their example was immediately followed by nearly all who were fit for duty. Somehow, out of those who stayed, out of fresh recruits and new regiments, Washington created an army that, inspired by his indomitable spirit, would stay together all the way. For almost 15 months, Colonists fought redcoats without either a formal declaration of war or a formal separation from England. But in May of 1776, John Adams observed, Every post and every day rolls in upon us independence like a torrent. On July 4th, 1776, the Continental Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence. Drafted by Thomas Jefferson with some revisions by Congress itself.
Well, at this point, it's just me and the Ramen City Kid talking about the Warnock victory in the chat. So uh, uh, imagine that I'm playing uh, a T-Pain ABBA mashup uh, and everything in between. And uh, why don't I wrap things up here for Mid-Valley Mutations? Thanks uh, again for listening. Uh, Those who are uh, hanging out in the chat lurking and uh, those who are just... uh, uh, um, uh, 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 moving on to the rest of their evening. Uh, uh, it's always nice to see people uh, hanging out in the chat. You know, it, it, it's funny is that like the chat ends up becoming kind of the place where I talk to people, and then like in today's sh- uh, sh- show, I, I I planned all of these spots where I could like take a pause and you know uh, jaw with you for a moment, and uh, I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, it's just one of those things. Um. Uh, but, uh, 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 you know, these things happen. You know, I, I think Robin City Kid is correct that, uh, um, you get a little bit of the Brent Lewis ensemble when you mix T-Pain and ABBA. So, I guess that, that's how that works. Um... Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of moving into this end-of-the-year routine, and, 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 and as I mentioned not too long ago, it's been my one-year anniversary uh, here at Sheena's Jungle Room, and uh, strangely enough, a million things seem to be all happening at once right here at the end of the year, of course. And so uh, uh, I'm going to try to keep uh, uh, the rhythm going. I, I think I have some shows planned uh, to, to bring us on into the January part of the of the year, but, um, I, I may, uh, I, I may, uh, play a rerun uh, or two or three. Um, you never know. Um, it's just, uh, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. I'll still be here. We'll still hang out. Yes, it is the paper anniversary. Uh, my, my one year sheen anniversary, uh, was actually, uh, the beginning of November. Uh, but, uh, you know, December seems like a, a, a long enough window to celebrate for a, a decent party anyway. Um, anyway, I should probably close things up. Thanks, uh, everybody, uh, for, for being there, for being part of the show, for helping me through all these weird times that I'm going through, for, for making, uh, making uh, radio a fun time in my life. I look forward to these Tuesdays. I also look forward to my Monday show as well, but I, I look forward to Tuesdays quite a bit. And and uh, seeing all these people come out and listen to the show and enjoy it, it's it's, it's just a it's, a it's a real treat. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, Ramen City Kid. Jim Jams with no, I'm gonna have my dinner. Um, I think it's pulled pork and uh, mac and cheese, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I win. Um, but. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's call this uh, let's call this a night. It's uh, it's Mid Valley Mutations here, and um, I love being on the Jungle Room. I love kind of having a variable ending to my show as well because uh, it just makes things uh, a little more fun. What can I say? You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Thank you.
When, in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another. and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces the design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government 
and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies. And such is now the necessity. Mid-Valley. Which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. Mutations. was the night before Sheena's, and all through the jungle room. All the DJs were stirring, making their cocktails go kaboom. The LP bags were hung by the chimney with care, in the hopes that Mr. Fab soon would be there. The crew were all lit, decked out in their best threads, with a band keeping beat on those boss new drumheads. Shangri-La's got a kooky sweater and Barno's sporting a hat, while Jan Turkenberg has the dance moves down pat. When out on the turntables, Chris O. spun a platter. We all sprung to our feet and danced like mad hatters. Then in through the door with a significant flash, flew in Don Bowles with a huge LP stash. Rich in Washington added another hour to his show with a holiday double feature programmed by Don O. When, what to our Hepcat eyeballs should appear? But an overdressed Mr. Fab, with all the other DJs, never fear. On the dance floor, he was so lively and quick, as we all grooved and frugged to surf songs so slick. It seemed like the tunes all had obscure fame, yet every single one of us knew them all by name. Everybody brought food, there were plenty of fixins, and when it came to drinks, we were all nearly six in to the top of the porch, and all through the halls. Our DJs were always heard by one and all. Alex Kish and Julie, with Mike Rogers himself. I see Space Brother flipping through records on that shelf. Jamie Jazz and Catherine Sage, both shaking their heads at the terrible pun that I, for some reason, just said. Hysterica just got here, but they seem to fit right in. And we're laughing at the choices by DJ Kratoven. Georgie Girl is the peak of fashion and style. And Derek showed up with another record pile. John Nelson and Mark Time are both learning to twerk, while Miss May and Flannery chat in the kitchen and lurk. Sarcophagi and Daryl both like to pose, while Speedo and John P. trade DJ tips like old pros. DJ Babs and M.H. Lee both began to whistle. And you know we all got the It's All Night epistle. We heard Mr. Fab exclaim, quite loud and quite bright. This year we danced to Sheena's all day and all night. From everyone here in the Mid Valley. 
Coast stationed in the Lava Lamp Lounge itself. The production crew here at Dime Store Radio Theatre and Mid Valley Mutations. And all the volunteers at Sheena's Jungle Room. We wish you a sappy holidays. And plenty of new music throughout the coming year. Now, time to get my freak on. Latest skaters. <laughs> <laughs> 